0: And so we find that the more insecure we are, the more disconnection there is around really what those underlying needs are for um, togetherness and sexual responsiveness. You know, we we misunderstand each other a lot more the more uh, insecure we are, the less we can kind of see what's the true intention of our partner is.
1: This week, we have a new guest on, Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen, to discuss gender differences and sexual health. Spoiler alert, yes, there are differences. Stay tuned. Hey, can you feel it? The power doesn't it sound nice to come home after a long day at work and to see your spouse sitting at the table with a bottle of beautiful red cracked open waiting for you? We think so too, which is why we have the Hitched Wine Club. Visit hitchedmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and join today! It's super easy, takes just a couple clicks, each shipment comes with exclusive date ideas to help you and your spouse reconnect, and every bottle is guaranteed. Again, go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to learn more. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor in chief of hitchedmag.com. I have another special guest today, Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen. Hi, Rebecca.
0: Hi, Steve. So glad to be here with you.
1: Uh, it's so nice to have you on. Uh, I have uh, met you in the past in person, which I, I'm, I'm pleased to say, um, but we have been in connection uh, or we've connected on Twitter over the years. Uh, so it's it's nice to actually have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining.
0: Yeah, thanks. I remember um, eating enchiladas and having some Mexican food with you in San Diego one evening. That's right. That's right.
1: Uh, so for those who are unfamiliar, uh, Becca is a speaker, trainer, therapist, in emotionally focused therapy. Uh, you can get information about her At her website, RebeccaJorgensen.com. She is on Twitter, as I mentioned, Dr. Becca J. Uh, And you can also find her on Facebook, Dr. Becca Jorgensen, also under the page name of Mindfully Married. Uh, And uh, Dr. Jorgensen has been helping distressed relationships for more than 20 years. Uh, and today, she is going to help us on the topic of gender differences in sexual health. Um, before we get into this, is there anything you wanted me to add to the introduction of you?
0: Oh, that's so nice what you said. I, You know, I'm a couple therapist, and I have been one for a long time. I'm a psychologist in Mexico. And I do intensive couple therapy, so if couples want to get out of distress and a in a quicker way and have a vacation getaway at the same time, you know, without spending years in therapy, then many couples find that a good option.
1: Oh, so uh, actually, before we get into our topic then, so specifically, are you talking about couples who are, when you say intensive therapy, are those couples who are thinking about getting divorced or they just have really difficult problems that they haven't been able to get anywhere on?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a range. Couples who want to heal their relationship because it's in crisis and they they want to get out of crisis, and in or couples who just want to improve their relationship without taking a really long time to do it. Okay. Uh, Are uh, margaritas included in that vacation package? (laughs) I think most couples do find a way to get (laughs) beach walks and margaritas as much as they want.
1: Okay. Uh, Okay. So let's jump on today's topic. Uh, So again, this is going to be about gender differences in sexual health. People like to make comparisons between men and women and their sexual needs. My first question is, Are they really that different? Uh, And a caveat to that is, is that even a good question to ask?
0: It's a good question to ask because we're really interested. Men and women are really interested in being able to meet each other's needs. And we know that there are some real biological differences in how we enjoy sex and how we reach orgasm and how we please each other both physiologically and emotionally.
1: Okay. Uh, So, would you say that um, the the stereotype of men having more of a sexual appetite is true?
0: Well, no. I wouldn't say that that's true. (laughs) But what is true is that men have Much more commonly a spontaneous desire, where women have more of a responsive desire. But the emotional needs and the desire for closeness and understanding and responsiveness to each other is similar in both genders, but how that gets expressed is a little different. And then we do have some physiological differences just about blood flow and the way that we experience, the way each gender experiences desire.
1: Okay. And so what is one thing that people should know about men and sexual health then?
0: Well, there's two um, two things actually, so okay. I don't know that I can get it down to one.
1: <laughs> no problem. <laughs> the first
0: one I've already mentioned is that men have much more awareness of having this spontaneous desire, like not necessarily thinking about sex, going about their everyday life, and then feeling desire. Okay. Um, and then the other part is that even for men that this um, having security in a relationship, feeling emotionally close is a primary need, and that men that are more comfortable with sharing their softer feelings um, will can embrace kind of the women's needs for those softer feelings, and that men that are less secure are going to put more emphasis on sex to get their love needs, their comfort needs, their getting cared for needs met.
1: Okay, so the they will lean on that physical connection when they're not getting their emotional needs met. Is that a simple way of saying that?
0: Yeah, that's right. When they don't know how to express their emotions or emotions feel, you know, kind of dangerous or, you know, society kind of tells men, be a James Bond type. Don't don't yeah. talk about your vulnerable feelings. And when men aren't comfortable embracing all of their humanness in that way, then they will look much more to sex to meet those needs. Okay. And then
1: conversely, what uh, should listeners know about women and their sexual health?
0: Well, women are often compared in this spontaneous desire way that women don't, many women, probably more than half women don't experience sexual desire that way. Women are much more to be responsive. So once, once a woman is engaged in some sexual play or sexual touch, then the desire becomes more and more aware instead of feeling it physiologically first. And so that's an important thing. Blood flows are really different for men and women. And blood flow to um, sexual um, response places goes much slower to women into their genitals. And um, they need longer to, Mm -hmm. to reach orgasm. Like that's just a really big physiological difference. But how women experience desire is also different. Like we need to have that warm up time and... Many women will want to have a safe emotional connection before they're even kind of willing to play in sex.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, we have actually discussed um, the need for foreplay and different things for women specifically because they take longer uh, to get fully aroused. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but, um, and this, by the way, you can find this in our archives on the podcast uh, about different sex, sexual health issues. Um, but I believe it was 20 minutes it took for a woman to get fully aroused. Is that still hold true?
0: Well, it's, it's, yeah, it is. You know, a man can go from desire to orgasm in two to seven minutes and probably closer to the two minute part for <laughs> most men, although they may not want to admit that. And women, it's going to be you know, a lot longer than that just because the way our bodies are made and the blood flow just doesn't go as fast to those um, important areas into the genitals as it does for a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and- there really is a need for more foreplay. And that I think the other thing that's um, interesting to know is that intercourse it, for most women, intercourse on its own by itself is not enough for most women to experience orgasm. Mm.
1: No, that is a very good point to uh, drive home because I think that is a misconception that a lot of people do have. Uh, So then what are some of the common pitfalls uh, that these differences then create? I I, I mean, I can think of some obvious ones right off the bat.
0: That's right. Well, you know, if a man can have intercourse and go from desire to orgasm in a couple of minutes and you're only using intercourse, the woman is not going to be barely be warmed up, even wanting sex, and no, not at all close to orgasm if, if intercourse is the only method that they're using. So um, I like the work of Ian Kerner, who talks a lot about intercourse plus or assisted intercourse, you know, adding manual or oral stimulation. And then really women need that emotional connection to even kind of have a willingness to move into um, having desire.
1: And and so you added emotional connectedness. So what would that look like specifically?
0: Well, women, Sue Johnson talks about this a lot when she talks about um, the science around attachment and adult attachment and, and sexuality and attachment, and that um, women feeling the sense that I can get emotionally connected. You'll be vulnerable with me. I know that you're accessible. You'll respond when I call. And that we're engaged together, that we're sharing kind of inner worlds, not just physical worlds is, um, it's important to both genders, but women are much more willing to engage in sex when they really have a strong sense of that.
1: Mm, okay. And uh, excuse me, uh, how can couples respect their differences then and still get their health needs met? Because I, you know, I can see it already and you 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 when you if you watch any sitcom or pretty much any pop culture reference at all you have the frustration between the couples because there are these differences uh which seems crazy because we know that they actually exist but we fail to acknowledge that there's something we can actually do about it
0: Yeah well one of the things that we know from attachment science is that women are much more sensitive to the sense of um, abandonment or being left alone and unprotected, really. And men are much more sensitive to this sense of being rejected. And that plays out in the bedroom as well. So if a man is you know, afraid about being rejected, which most men are, and that comes into the bedroom, then, you know, moving quickly into sex and making sure that she's responsive is going to be kind of foremost on his mind rather than how do I make sure she knows um, I'm here for her, you know, Mm -hmm. and that I want to be uh, responsive to her and her needs. So that actually slows down and pays attention to her physiological arousal, and to her um, emotionally. And women, on the other hand, really need to know that most men, when they're wanting sex, they're not just wanting sex, that they are trying to find a way to express a need for care and tenderness and to be held and to feel accepted.
1: Now, now you mentioned that men have this insecurity about being accepted. Does that still hold true within a a marriage where couples should, presumably know each other pretty well and uh, experience that level of comfort and security.
0: Well, we're all insecure. New relationships are generally insecure. Time and trust and experience help build security with each other. and so you know there's some kind of some inherent insecurity just by creating a new relationship and not knowing each other. so giving ourselves some time for that to develop and then of course, where we come from in life makes a big difference with how secure we feel kind of in our own bodies, no less in relationship with each other. So really learning how to navigate um, those insecurities and supporting each other with them is really an important part of marriage. Okay.
1: And and does this kind of ebb and flow depending on how you feel about your spouse? So if you are in an argument, would you be more insecure and therefore if you're a man, let's say, try to rush into bed to physically heal the emotional pain that you're feeling?
0: When couples are more secure with each other, those little arguments don't have the same kind of, don't shake us to our core in the same sort of a way as when we're really secure with each other. So um, yes, if I'm more insecure, I'm more likely as a man to want to rush and make up and maybe even rush for that comfort of sex where a woman is going to say, let's sit down and talk about it. I want to make sure you get connected with me emotionally first. And so we find that in, the more insecure we are, the more disconnection there is around really what those underlying needs are for um, togetherness and sexual responsiveness. You know, we we misunderstand each other a lot more the more. Uh, insecure we are, the less we can kind of see what's the true intention of our partner is.
1: Okay, so so really, uh, there is no benefit to to holding on to this insecurity. Uh, it It seems like the more comfortable you are with your spouse, the better it is all, all the way across the board.
0: Well, you think about the more secure we feel, the more um, we can risk take risks. Mm-hmm. more we can play, the more safe we feel to to play. Um, And to try out new things. And and the more we can communicate with each other, oftentimes, then the more safe we can feel doing those things. Because we really need to be able to coordinate our intentions, our motivations, um, you know, and our desires for each other.
1: Okay. And so then do you have any uh, last tips or closing tips that you can share um, or wanted to add to this topic about how couples can kind of merge their gender differences uh, and get their sexual uh, needs met?
0: Yeah, well, I think the 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 emotional need part and how we are as humans, there's not, the differences are much smaller than the physiological res, sexual response system. And so we can really, what we know from attachment science is that when people privilege their um, connection, their emotional connection with each other, that the sexual connection and the ability to play and really use sexuality as a, as to increase bonding and to increase comfort and safety with each other works very well. Mm,
1: Okay. Um, so, so really if the, to kind of wrap this all up, the, the physiologically differences are vast but the emotional differences are very similar so at least if you're on the same emotional page uh the physiological differences will be easier to kind of tackle is that
0: Yeah absolutely if we're feeling safe emotionally then uh, and a man isn't feeling threatened by you know I've, I need to have intercourse to feel safe and comforted then spending longer time um before intercourse or finding other ways to express sexuality becomes safer. And likewise, women will be more willing to have their desire emerge, their sexual desire emerge when they feel safe in the hands of their partner. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. And if a couple uh, feels sexually disconnected, what would you tell them to do tonight after they've listened to this episode?
0: Well, that is one of the most common problems that happens when couples are emotionally disconnected is that good sex When <laughs> is is a very small part of an overall great relationship. Mm-hmm. But when the relationship starts to be distressed, sex becomes a real uh, point of emphasis mm-hmm. with couples. So it's kind of going back to... I'm getting reconnected about why we're, why we're really together, you know, feeling, remembering why we're together, sharing that so that we feel safe to play again in sex. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm trying to remember. Who did that research? Probably Gottman, <laughs> but yes, pointing out that when when you are happy in your relationship, sex is such a minor minor thing. Uh, but when you are unhappy in your marriage, sex becomes this outsized bug that you need to squash. So
0: we get our blinders on and we think, oh, this is the problem. And if we remember it. It's not the sex that's the problem. It's that we're not communicating. We're not maybe sharing our intentions. We're not feeling connected and safe in other ways. And that makes sense. Sex problems stand out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and before we uh, wrap this up today, you actually have a little something for those who have uh, stuck with us this episode to listen mm-hmm. to all this great information.
0: Yeah, I have a little um, – PDF article and things to do in your relationship that listeners can text three three four four four. Text that number and um, put "better sex" as one word in your text. So dial dial three three four 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 and type in "better sex" all one word, and you'll get a little handout.
1: Oh, that is awesome! That's a pretty cool little uh, way of directly connecting to people. Um, and as I mentioned at the top, people can find you at your website, RebeccaJorgensen.com. Find you on Twitter at Dr. Becca J, and also find you on Facebook, Dr. Becca Jorgensen, or under the uh, name of the page Mindfully Married. Uh, and was there anything else that you wanted to add?
0: Oh, just thank you know, thank you, and and to you listeners, I'm I'm really grateful for all of you out there working to improve your relationships, stay sweethearts, and it, it makes the world such a better place when we have strong and stable couples.
1: Yes, totally agree. And I'm so happy that you have been on today. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Dr. Jorgensen uh, has been helping distressed couples for more than 20 years. And again, you can find her at RebeccaJorgensen.com. Uh, and uh, thank you so much once again. And I'd love to do this with you uh, sometime in the future if you're ever up for it.
0: I look forward to it.
1: Okay, fantastic. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. So thank you very much and take care, everybody.